John chapter 6 verse 63, Jesus said, The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. A warm welcome to the refreshing word of Calvary Baptist Church. You are in for an uplifting time in God's word. Enjoy the message. I dedicate this message to all who are pressing on to victory. This is the year we are saying we want to have an intimate relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ because we are rooted in him. We want to know our full capacity by being rooted in him. And for this weekend and other weeks, we'll be looking at some of the parables of Jesus. Parables are stories, and we like stories, but they're not just stories. They are lessons, important lessons on earth, but they have implications for our lives. The last time we looked at this parable of the rich man and Lazarus, to know that because we will be helpless and completely powerless and suffer when we are condemned to hell, that is why Jesus came to die for us, that we accept him as our Lord and Savior. Today we take another parable that tells us almost the same thing about the end of times and the disgrace and the loss that will come to us when we don't live for Christ by first accepting him as our Lord and Savior and living for him by being filled with his spirit and doing his bidding. This is what we find in the parable of the wise and the foolish virgins. Let us pray. Gracious God, it's always a joy to expand on your word. Speak to us. Touch us. Help us to be fruitful and productive. And above all, to know your word and share it with others. In Jesus' name, amen. I believe this is a parable that is known to a lot of us. And I will not go too much into the context, except to tell you that if you want to be a student of the Bible, you must read it yourself. If you have access to the Bible, read Luke, Mark, Matthew, Mark, and know what is there. But in this particular one, the story is in Matthew 25, 1 to 13. I will not read all of it. So I encourage you to read Matthew 24 and 25. That is the context in which this parable comes. The disciples of Jesus just ask him a simple question. Lord, what will be the signs of your coming? And he gave them some answers that are remarkable. But for you and I, our reading today is from Matthew chapter 25. I'll read verses 1 to 5. Matthew 25, verses 1 to 5. And I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. Then the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of ten bridesmaids who took their lambs and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lambs. But the other five who were wise took enough oil and also extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. 
This is the Lord's word to us. In answer to a simple question, when are you coming? This parable stresses the importance, the importance of being ready for the coming of Jesus Christ. He will come again. He has told us over and over and over again. Before he died, when his disciples were worried about the fact that he was going to die, he said, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. I'll come again. I'll come again. I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'll come again. So what he emphasized is the need for his disciples, you and I who are listening to him, you and I who claim to be his disciples, to stay ready for him. But also, for those who do not know him as their Lord and Savior, to be ready for him by accepting him as their Lord and Savior and living for him by following his standards. Let us see. So in the story, we see a bridal party. We all love weddings, and we still love weddings up to today. The Jewish wedding was done very elaborately, lavishly, but they have some traditions where the man will come back home with the bride and be received with a lot of fanfare. Then people will go and meet him and the bridal party, and they will celebrate. And that's exactly what happens in this scenario here. But we see the division into wise and foolish. When Jesus calls people wise and foolish, you should ask him, why? I mean, we had, we had a teacher in school who told us, when we leave school, he'll be hearing from us. And if he sends you a message that, look, my former student, stop being foolish or you are a wise man, you should call him back and ask him why he's saying you are a wise man or why he's saying you are foolish. Because we all should know that he knows us very well. Well, I don't remember anybody saying the teacher sent them a message or not. But here is Jesus who calls somebody foolish and calls somebody wise. Some people foolish, some wise. We'll see why he called those foolish. The foolish are described as foolish because they didn't take any extra oil. They went out to the party. They didn't take any extra oil. They went out in the night. They didn't think that they would delay, and so they had no extra oil. When the bridegroom came and it was dark, were those who were wise. They were those who prepared an extra oil in their lamp. They did not depend upon the resources of other people. And when night came, they took their oil and poured it in their lamp, and they were good to go. That is the distinction between the wise and the foolish. Remember, parables are told in order to teach a lesson. And what is the lesson of this parable? When you read verse 5, verse 5 is very instructive. Verse 5 is our state. The state we live in, you and I, is the state of the world. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. We've been hearing about the second coming of Jesus for about 2,000 years now. His first coming and the second coming. In fact, Bible students tell us that there are more promises and more prophecies 
more prophecies about the second coming of Jesus than the first. So if he came the first, all things being equal, and there are more prophecies about the second, we know that he will come again. But it's been 2,000 years, and we are wondering why, why, when will he come? In the meantime, there are a lot of things that are happening around the world, and it makes us wonder whether Jesus is actually coming again, whether he knows what he's talking about. Does he know about Ukraine war? Does he know about hippie? Does he know about haircut? Does he know about COVID? Does he know why we are dying? Does he know about Burley Ossa? Does he know about your heartbreak? What does he know about Galamse? Now, you can go on and wonder what is happening in the whole world. When the bridegroom was delayed, all kinds of things happened. And naturally, in this one, because they were waiting for him to come in the night, since the party would have been in the night, they all became drowsy and they fell asleep. The operating, operating word here is that they all. Truth be told, you and I who are believers, even waiting for Jesus, sometimes we become tired and we fall asleep. Believers and unbelievers, sometimes the pressures of the world, the cares of the world, cause us to be tired and we fall asleep. So a number of things happen. In fact, the Lord said in his word that if the days are not shortened, even the elect may give up. So there are a number of things that happen in this world that cause us to be asleep. While waiting for the wedding, they all slept. The wise went to sleep prepared. The foolish, unprepared. What caused the difference? Well, the wise thought it just might be late and we may not have any oil. So let's buy an extra oil. Those were days when they used what we call now bobo. They have a small can and they put olive oil in it. Then when there's light off, you've put it on. Or in those days, that's actually what all the light was about, the bobo or the lamp. The wise had the extra oil, so when the flame was gone down, they just put in the oil and bram, 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 bram. The flame was up again. The wise had oil. The foolish didn't have extra oil. Why didn't the foolish have extra oil? They thought, oh, well, maybe. We know when the owner will come. Maybe you'll come very early. Maybe you'll come late. Maybe the oil will be enough. Maybe somebody will be generous and give us extra oil. We are told in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 1, don't brag about tomorrow since you don't know what the day will bring. Don't boast about tomorrow. So those who thought he would delay his coming, when he comes, he'll be all right, and they didn't prepare. They were foolish because they did not know what they were talking about. In verses 6 and 7, we see a number of things happening. The bridegroom is coming. The bridegroom is coming. Verses 6 and 7. You see, and then he said, the bridegroom cometh. Let us now go and meet him. So they were all ready to go and meet this bridegroom. Yes, he's coming. Preparation was important. So what happened? Those who were waiting, they trimmed their lamps. And they tried to pour in the oil. And those who were without oil suddenly found out, Oh, our lights are dim. We cannot go. If we go out 
and the wind blows, it may blow off and will not be able to go and meet him. And the beauty of all of this is having a light that works, that we can meet our bridegroom and celebrate. Preparation, preparation, preparation is important. The foolish ask the wise to give them some of their oil. They were dependent on others who they think will help them. The foolish were begging. And the wise told them, no, 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 go and buy some for yourself. What is the lesson here now? The beautiful thing about parable, and just like I said last week, let me repeat it, that our parents and our old folks and our wise folks give us a lot of proverbs and parables and riddles because they want us to think about what they are saying. Think, think, think and meditate on it and get it. What Jesus is saying here as a parable is meant for us to think. He was not thinking about oil and going in the night, but he was talking about you and I and the end of our lives, and what will be the story, what will be the reward, what will be the punishment, whether we are ready or we are not ready. He's talking about you as a person. So are you ready or you are not ready? In verses 10 and 12, we see what happened. When the people were ready to meet the bridegroom and the shout was there, they rushed off. But verse 10 tells us, but while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. Let's take verse 11. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us, open the door. I'm sure they were banging, banging. And verse 12, we find another heartbreaking breaking sentence. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. Really? You don't know them? Let's try and unpack these few verses as we bring this teaching to a close. The parable of the five wise and the five foolish virgins, where the operating theme is stay ready, stay ready, stay ready. The problem was that the door was shut. You see, God is giving you and I a chance to stay ready by accepting him as your Lord and Savior, putting your house in order, doing what God has called you to do. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8, 9, and 10 tells us, For by grace have you been saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. But verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works. The good works that God has decided that you and I should do before we were born. So God made you. God gave you gifts. God has given you the opportunity to do a number of things. To be what? To help somebody, to be a carpenter, or to play a role as a lawyer, or as a husband, as a wife, as a child, to live in a community. There are many, many things that the Lord has called you to do. But he has also called you to be connected to your Lord and Master and Savior and live for him. So first, get to know your Lord. Accept him as your Lord and Savior. And then let him show you clearly what he wants you to be and what he wants you to do. Then you spend the rest of your life achieving that. He will pour his spirit in you as you ask him for spirit and energy to do what he has called you to do. By then, a day will come when the door will be shut. 
that shutting of the door could be the day when he calls you home when you are dead. Or there are some who are not dead, but they are unable to function because they have a stroke, they have an accident, they are not able to function, and the opportunities are gone. Let me take your mind back to another account in Genesis chapter 6, verse 3. The time of Noah. You say, we are told that Noah was God impressed upon Noah. Tell your people, evil is so much in this world. Live for me, live for me, live for me. Shun evil and live for me. Noah kept preaching, teaching. Some were laughing at him. Some were jeering him. And they were just making so much fun of him. Until the day when the flood came. Water was pouring. Noah had packed people and animals two by two into the ark. And then when people saw finally that this is going to be serious, we are going to get drowned, they started running, running towards the ark. Noah, open the ark. Oh, Noah, I'm your landlord. Noah, I gave you tree. Noah, I'm your carpenter. Noah, I did this. Can you imagine all the pleading that they were pleading with Noah? Oh, man, Noah, have mercy, have compassion. And one thing they were told, sorry, the doors were closed. In case of Noah, the door was shut. And who shut the door? God himself. In much the same way, when the final day comes, it is God who shut the door. So we see that in Genesis chapter 6, verse 3. That they tried. Then the Lord said, my spirit will not put up with humans for such a long time. For they are only mortal in the future. Their normal lifespan will be no more than 120 years. God limited it. So you have no infinite supply of time to do what they want to do. Proverbs 29 also tells us something. When you hear the word of God, as some will say mockingly, oh, we've heard, we've heard the gospel. We know it the beginning from the end. You know, these days it's interesting to watch Churches having crusades. Those who live around the crusade areas, sometimes they come there and you see them. They'll be singing, they'll be clapping, they'll be dancing, and they get so excited because the music is good. And churches, let's watch this. We go and play good music, good dance, and people just take it as an entertainment. And when you want to preach the gospel, they walk away because they just think, oh, we just came here for good show. But if you are like that, you only go and hear music and clap and dance, and when they start preaching the word, you close your ears. I word for you. Proverbs 29, 1 says, whoever stubbornly refuses to accept criticism will suddenly be destroyed beyond recovery. If you are like that, you hear the word of God and you mock and you make fun of it, you'll be destroyed. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 6 says, seek the Lord while he can be found. Call upon him while he is near. So there's a time, a time to hear, a time when you are open, a time when the Holy Spirit is calling on you to make a decision. And will you do that? For those who are young, I've worked for you. You see, God's plea is that we make that decision quickly. Look at verse 11. Later on, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door, open the door for us. Yes, a time will come when you'll be shh, crying to him, Lord, open the door for us, but it will be too late. Jesus has said something, and some people make fun of this. 
there are some words that Jesus said. And because he's my Lord, he's the Messiah, he knows what he's talking about, you better take him seriously. When we are preaching and teaching like this, people ask a lot of questions. Pastor, how can you talk like this? Okay, five went in, five didn't go in, five had oil, five didn't have oil. Does it mean that those who do not serve Jesus as Lord and Savior, they will not go? I wish I had an answer for you that is different from what Jesus said in John 14, 6. In John 14, 6, Jesus says something. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Hallelujah. That is Jesus' saying. No one can come to the Father except through him. So when he was telling those people, we're banging at the door, that he does not know them, it is true. He doesn't know them because they have never made that connection with him. The way I see it is this. God made you and I in his image. That is the flesh. The flesh, he made you and I. But he breathed into our nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. So, became a living being to be connected to God because he has given us his spirit. And when his spirit, when you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, he comes to dwell within you. He said, open your heart and I'll come and dine with you and I'll sup with you. They become mine. You have a fellowship with him. But if you don't make that decision, what are you doing? You are disconnected from the Lord. I'm sure you can imagine this illustration very well because I saw it first and I'll illustrate it again. One time I went to a junkyard where they sell cars and I was asking the people, why? I see some big, big, big trucks there. What are they come, coming here to do? I said, oh, they are coming here to collect scrap metal to take to a foundry to melt. I said, coming to collect scrap metal, yes. Then we saw these cars that passed first with heavy tires, heavy metals, crashing all these vehicles. And you could see all the plastic and all the glass shattering. And it was as if there was a, a mixer and the glasses and the robbers were flying all over the place. Later on, they brought this vehicle with a very big, long, boom neck, if I may call it, and lowered it among the pile of cars that had been crashed. And from left, right, north, south, east, and west, you could see metals that were flying, flying, flying to this big, round thing up there. So I was asking the man nearby, what is going on? Oh, so that's a magnet. That magnet is attracting all the metals and sieving them from, collecting them from the pile there. Because that pile has paper, it has leather, it has this and that. They are not what is wanted. And he just struck me, whoa, is that so? Is that so? Is that so? You see, when Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, no one can come to the Father except through me. There may be many, many, many ways of getting whatever you want to do in this world. But if it has to do with going to the Father, then he says, I am the one. If you follow me, you will get it. If you don't follow me, you will not get it. You can argue about him. You can argue against him. You can argue for him. But I promise you, nothing is going to change unless you change your life. And that's what happened that day. 
And because it is going to be a final, final, final thing, the Lord wants you and I to know before the time comes so that we will stay ready. Yes, the disciples were eager to ask the Lord, when are you coming so that we stay ready? <laughs> you know, they want to know, when are you coming? They wanted an answer. Oh, Lord, uh, tell us. Then you tell them, oh, I'll come 20th of June, 2023. I'll come 12th March, 2024. So a day or two before that time, you'll be ready. The Lord is not interested in hypocrites. The Lord wants people who are spirit-filled, who are energized for him, who stay up, who stay awake, who are alert to every opportunity to do what the Lord has called them to do. Remember the prayer of Moses? The Lord teach us to number our days that we may have a heart of wisdom. There's some who talk as if time is in their hands. They can do anything that they want to do. Have you not heard that even under the best medical care, people still die? They do. Haven't you heard or seen people who are so young that they are gone? Yes, they are gone. Why? Because the time is up. Haven't you seen that in terms of trees, the green leaf falls and the brown leaf falls? Yes, there's no simple logic in this life. So when Jesus told this parable, the people may have been shocked at what he was talking about, but he was using this parable as a reality about life. Well, if, if it is in real life, so-called, and some people miss the opportunity, I guess eventually they may get oil and go to the party, or there may be another party for them to just express to the uh, owner or the bridegroom why we were late and you'll be forgiven. But in this particular one, there will be no such opportunity. That is why Hebrews 9.27 is important. It's a verse that many are not very comfortable with. It is appointed unto man once to die, after that, the judgment. And just as each person is destined to die once, after that comes judgment. The judgment determines your destiny. Whether you are spending eternity with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, or you are spending eternity away from him. What choice are you making? It is good to go to church. It is good to do good. It is good to be somebody known as a good person. But let me ask you, have you given your life to Jesus? It's as simple as A, B, C, D. A is accept that you are a sinner. You see, Jesus said sin is like sickness. The things that you want to do, the things that you don't want to do, those are the things that you do. The cheating, the lying, those things, we do them. But B, believe that he came to die for you. And what do you do? C, you confess your sins. If you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And say, Lord, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. So it's like you admitting that you have malaria or you have a sickness, and the doctor gives you some tablet, and you take it. What happens? After you've taken that medicine, after a period of time, you see that there's an improvement. You are able to now get up and walk, or you are sweating, you feel healthy to do the kinds of things that God 
wants you to do, you're able to go back to work. The D is that as you dedicate yourself to reading the word, to praying, to fellowshipping with others, you see yourself growing and growing and growing and growing in Christ. And then you just wait. When the time comes, he's ready for you, you go for him. So there's no magic. There's no time that you are looking for. A, B, C, D, accept that you are a sinner. B, believe that he came to die for your sin. C, confess it and ask for him to dwell within your life. And D, dedicate your life to him. Let me suggest to you that the oil is the Holy Spirit that lives within you. The oil that you have is the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit and he will lead you. He will guide you. He will direct you. Those who do not have oil, they are those who are not filled by the Spirit. The oil includes the Bible that you read daily, the prayers that you pray daily. These are the things that are keeping you ready for the Lord to come. Those who fell asleep and didn't have anything, they didn't have anything. Believer, let me tell you this. As you do these things every day, it's like storing the money in your bank account. And when that day comes and the banks are not open, you can go any holiday to go and take your ATM card and withdraw the money. Why? Well, it's in your bank account. It is in the ATM. The Holy Spirit works within you and is saving for you. When that day comes, you say, Lord says, I'm coming. Your works will speak for you. But if you have no account and nothing, say, he's coming. What do you have? Your strength may fail you. Be wise. You have a choice to be foolish or to be wise. But like Jesus, I advise you, let us stay wise by following his advice and living for him because he's coming soon. The Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he lift you up that you truly be rooted in him this year of your life. Amen. You just heard the radio broadcast from Calvary Baptist Church, headed by Reverend Dr. Fred Egbe. We trust you've been blessed. Do join us on Sunny FM every Saturday from 8 to 8.30 p.m. for an awesome time in the Word of God. Locate us right opposite the Mr. Biggs restaurant in Adabraka near the Kwame Nkrumah Interchange. As well, we're in Shiashi across the motorway from the Accra Mall. In Oibi, we're near the Cares Valley Event Center at the Goyo Filling Station. Our Amasamine campus is on the Danbridge Montessori School premises near the Amasamine Government Hospital. Again, we're in Botiano, opposite the Botiano Polyclinic. Otherwise, follow us on Facebook at Calvary Baptist Church GH and on YouTube at Calvary Baptist Church TV or email us via calvarybaptistghana at yahoo.com. You can also call us on 024-369-0485 or 0302-231-854 or reach us on WhatsApp number 0200-181680. God bless you.